FYI, this podcast contains spoilers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode... That didn't sound like a backwards record. (laughs) My sounds are not up to speed tonight. And I don't have my iPad on the little sound button. Oh, bummer. Anyway, we interrupt this regularly scheduled episode because originally this was going to be episode 69 and we made all kinds of immature juvenile witticisms about said episode number. 69. Yep. It was fun. It was fun, but it's going away. Wait till we have to lose it. Flushing down the toilet. Can't save it for the actual 69. Uh, Well, alright, so fret not though, Snick fans, because if everything goes according to the new plan. Have I been informed of this new plan? Then uh, 69 will be the next flashback episode. So you get to make. And me and Cameron will uh, satisfy all of your uh, juvenile middle school level humor needs. That's no fun. I get left out. I'm sorry, baby. No, you're not. Hey, I have to do what's best for the podcast. Well, pooey on the podcast. You have to take one for the team. I don't take. You have to put your game face on. There, you see my game face. You have to leave it all on the podcast. My game face is my middle finger claw. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, welcome to episode 68 of the podcast that goes snick. I'm your host Jason Venable, and I'm joined once again by co-host Denise Venable. Me. Yep. So anyway, we're going to cover, um, actually I don't have to fix my mistake. I originally, in our old intro that is now being discarded, said that this would be an episode for the first half of December. So actually going to go ahead and cover um, all of December except for the Christmas Day books. And we actually have a little something something planned for that that we'll talk about in the intro, or in the outro. Yes. So make sure I mention it in the outro. Have I been informed of it? Not yet. It's going to be a surprise for you too. <gasps> I love surprises. Yeah. Will it be wrapped? Uh, digitally. Okay. And digital bow of oh. ones and zeros. Are you giving my own Walking Dead podcast? No. Oh. I don't have time for that. <laughs> Great. <laughs> well, you can edit it. I don't know how to edit. Exactly. I just watch things go squiggly right. squirt on your screen. Yeah. So small disclaimer, um, two tracks that I recorded by myself that will be edited into this invited. episode. Or well, they're books that you're not doing right now. I'm teasing. <laughs> anyway, I'm levity to the situation. There's some audio um mishap. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And I don't have time to go back and try to re-record them. And plus, honestly, the material is just too good. You don't want to get a rehash of it. (laughs) That's probably not true. But I figure they're both really short and they're just me. And I'm pretty sure most of you skipped that part anyway. Now, you shouldn't. And it really is good stuff. There's good books like Uncanny Avengers, which is like one of the best books on the shelf right now. Whatever. They totally listen just for me. I know. But if you do make it that far into the podcast, there will be some slight garble and distortion. And I sincerely apologize and promise it will not happen again, at least until next episode. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I will I will try to uh, prevent 
said uh, technical difficulties from reoccurring. I'll help make sure. Yes. So anyway, it is good content. If you can grin and bear it through the slight noise, there is some good stuff to talk about. Anyway, that's that's the official disclaimer. So without further ado, let's get into December, shall we? All right. All right. Here we go. Okay. So first up, we have Wolverine number 12, the penultimate chapter of Killable. The penultimate issue of the Marvel Now Wolverine series. So that means it's almost over. Yeah, it is. So the bamboo under my fingernails can finally come out. <laughs> you love this series and you know it. Oh, <laughs> don't get me started. Anyway, um, yeah, we're almost done. Of course, this series will end with issue 13 and then start over again. So that means Wolverine really isn't dead. He won't die, no. Damn you, Marvel. Yeah, thanks, Marvel. Nice spoiler. <laughs> All right, but issue 12 is Killable, part five of six. It is written by Paul Cornell, penciled by Alan Davis, inked by Mark Farmer, Matt Hollingsworth is the colorist, VC's Corey Pettit is the letterer, Woo-hoo. Alan Davis, Mark Farmer, and Christina Strain did the cover. And I really like this cover. It's uh, basically Wolverine using his hands to kind of shield his face. Ow! Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> There's a chair there. Yeah. Yeah, no healing factor for you. No. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, yeah, he looks really scared. He's got like a tattered cowl. He's got blood coming out of the corner of his mouth like he's been punched in the face but yeah i really like the uh it's a very kind of dark cover yeah i like yours better than mine you always do i know <laughs> darn technology but wolverine he looks uh he looks both scared and mad yeah it's funny because on the printed version he looks scared on mine because you can see like the true whites of his eyes he almost looks mad yeah Anyway, I like it. It kind of reminds me of an old, like, picture from a horror movie. Boris Karloff-esque. So it looks really cool. I think it's very uh, dramatic. So uh, we start off with, uh, I guess, I'd forgotten. So I guess in the end of issue 11, which is part four of six, Killable, um, I knew that Silver Samurai had attacked Wolverine. And I guess he uh, sliced him in the eye. I think it was implied. I think Silver Samurai flung his sword. Wolverine went, ow! <laughs> and that's where it ended. To okay. be continued. Anyway, we open. He's got a big gash across his uh, right eye. And he's, he's bleeding pretty bad. Um, he, he needs a Band-Aid. Yeah. But we start off with some uh, really cool narration here. Narration as in, like, who's narrating it? Um, I think it's just an outside narrator. Like, kind of... Morgan Freeman. From our, yes, Morgan Freeman. He's panting on, <laughs> on the verge of panic. Yeah, he is full of mortal fear. We're both pretty horrible at Morgan Freeman. I never said I did Morgan Freeman <laughs> impersonations, and if that's what you married me for, oops. Oh, man. I knew I should have put that in the prenups. Sorry, too late now. Oh, well. All right. But it is really cool, though. It says, um, he's panting on the verge of panic. He's full of mortal fear. He wants it to be rage. 
he can't find rage. That, that was a very interesting, like... Way of looking at it. Yeah, like, he, he's so scared he can't conjure up his, his normal anger. Poor Wolvie. It talks about how he's kind of retreating in all, into all these good memories. You know, I guess now that he is mortal, they're all that much sweeter and gives him kind of something to worry about missing, whereas before he didn't really have to worry about it before. Right. I do also like the way one of the memories is as of Patch. And I like <laughs> Cornell's take on the eye patch. Yeah. And it's like a symbol that this guy isn't. Superhuman. Yeah. Like when you see a guy with the eye patch, you automatically, and maybe just, just because of pirates, I think, or at least I, automatically assume they're kind I. of tough. I. I. <laughs> I maintain, but I also, but it also shows the vulnerability and that they've lost something they can't get back. Right. Right. Well, Norway is probably just, you know, someone took a screwdriver to the eye or something. But to me, <laughs> I always think it's a knife fight or something like that. Governor in Walking Dead. Right. All right. So we see a uh, silver samurai chasing after Logan. And then he talks about how uh, silver samurai is like, you can't even sneak up on me anymore. Nope. Which at first I didn't like, but then I thought about it and it kind of made sense. Because at first I was like, well, he lost his healing factor, but he still has all his skills. Yeah, but if he's hurt uh, so yeah, bad. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, you know, like his body's almost in shock. Like he can't perform. Yeah. It was like um, my Charlie horse last night. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Woke me up screaming. I, that was the worst Charlie horse I ever had. <laughs> but the next morning when Scared I got me out of half bed. To death. Yeah, but the next morning when I got out of bed, I could barely walk. That's how right. bad it hurt hours later. So anyway, uh, Silver Samurai and some other ninjas show up. They basically just kind of cut Wolverine up a little bit and then disappear. They want him to suffer. Right. So we get our our two page, or no, actually just one page here, our aside to the shield helicarrier. And the host is actually doing her job. She's... Interacting with the viral mass globally. But then the shield her- the virus gets mad and uses its controlled soldiers to attack the helicarrier. And that's kind of it for that. All right. Good side note. Yep. So Wolverine fights some more disappearing ninjas. He's still getting whooped. And then he sees the ninja who surrenders. But Wolverine's like, oh, the hell you do. And yep. kills him. Why does the random ninja surrender? I don't know. Oh, all right. Because his teleporter malfunctioned. See, I thought when he... All right, that totally went over me. I When I first read that, I thought it meant that it took him to the wrong place. Because he says, I didn't expect you here. My teleporter has malfunctioned. So I thought, like, like it sent me to the wrong place. But no, it means, like, he can't teleport away. Right, but at the same so time... All these ninjas are, like, cutting him and, and disappearing, but he can't disappear. Yeah, I just think it's a, he's being a weenie. Yeah. But anyway, Wolverine, he pays the price. It's a pretty gnarly panel on the bottom there. Wolverine kind of, uh, one eyeball is really wide, the one that got cut. Yeah. All right, so then we go back, and he stumbles into where Kitty is with some of the mall cops and, I guess, stock workers? I guess they ran into some random people yeah, I guess stuck so. in the mall. And Kitty tries to defend Wolverine that he's normally a good guy. He's been through so much, but he always carries himself. Then we go back to the helicarrier. That's okay. completely... Yep, that, anyway, that's that. Um, <laughs> And um, 
Kitty says the eye's pretty bad, but she thinks it'll be okay. Then Wolverine, uh, for some reason, fesses up. The the ninja tried to surrender, but I cut his throat. Kitty's like, um, not helping. <laughs> but I guess he also, when he lost his healing factor, he lost his filters. I guess so, yeah. So Kitty's like, the X-Men don't kill. We don't kill prisoners. It was a trick. Logan's got senses. And then our angry security guard gets all up in Wolverine's grill and point jabbing his finger in his face. And Wolverine loses it and slices his hand off. Oops. And then Kitty's like, uh-oh. But it turns out the uh, crotchety security cop is really mystique. So didn't you expect the crotchety security guard to be one of the ninjas? Like you were surprised that it was... Yes, last time. Right. When the, when the other cop was a ninja, I thought he was going to be the ninja. So I guess I was half right. Yeah. But then, <laughs> in this issue though, I really thought he cut a guy's hand off. Oh, like Wolverine? I, yeah. Like I thought, man, what, what's this? Because Wolverine's completely... Like he's lost it. Like he's... He's mental. Yeah. 100% straight jacket. He's completely lost his edge. And yeah. I mean, he's just, he's beyond exhaustion. He's beyond his pain threshold. Like, he really is kind of being reduced to an animal to a degree. Right. But not, not the berserker, super fierce animal, but like a scared, injured animal. Which is an interesting place to see him be. Well, and even Mystique says, aren't you relieved? You shouldn't be. Your ethics are tissue paper. Yeah. Like, it doesn't take much for, to make you compromise them. But then she's like, okay, well, I made my point. I'm out of here. And for some reason, has to jump through the glass. <laughs> oh, I think because they barricaded themselves in. Right. But anyway, it doesn't hurt her. Apparently, she just... Jumps through it. Yeah. Her stunt double. Right. So Wolverine's like, all right, and this is the end game. Then I want Sabretooth. Give me Sabretooth. And so we get Sabretooth. And Sabretooth is a giant. He says large as life. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm going to ignore that you're dancing while you're singing. It was one thing to sing. It's another thing to see you dance. Hey. So anyway, I know that Sabretooth is a pretty decent amount bigger than Wolverine. But Wolverine looks like he's like three feet tall in this picture. Well, and I think part of it is Wolverine's hunched over. Yes, and they're trying to shoot it from like an angle up and do perspective, but I like the way Sabretooth looks. Like I like Alan Davis' Sabretooth. I just think the perspective failed a little bit. Yeah, because Sabretooth looks like he's three feet taller. Yes. So then Sabretooth and Wolverine kind of get into a fight. Though, to be fair, the ratio kind of stays the same throughout the fight. Yeah. Right, Sabretooth pretty much is that much bigger the whole time. I don't think I like Sabretooth being that much bigger than Wolverine. Yeah, I mean, he is bigger. I mean, it does bigger. give a David and Goliath feel, but I don't know. It, I like how the nice touch that his bandages are coming undone on Wolverine's fist. Yeah. So anyway, we get a couple of pages of fighting, which is not much of a fight. Wolverine's so out of it that Sabretooth just kind of kicks his ass real fast. But it's pretty brutal. I mean, Wolverine really gets it handed to him. And Sabretooth finds Wolverine's sword and says, It's just a sword, but I'm going to kill you with it. Then he steps on Wolverine's head. I thought that was a good touch. And it looks like he's uh, about to, de- to decapitate him. Yeah, sorry. I, tried I, was, to. I wasn't trying to 
palm your head or anything. Yep. I was the picture of Wolverine and Sabretooth. Oh, Sabretooth's like hand is, is like palming a baseball. Or I mean a basketball. No, like I said, the size difference is yeah. very consistent. Yeah. So I don't it really at least get... has that going for it. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. I mean, Wolverine really gets roughed up here as if he wasn't hurt enough already. Anyway, um, I thought the art was fantastic. I thought this issue started really strong with the narration and ended really strong. The middle was... Floppy. A little bit of a sag, but not too bad. And the shield stuff just felt... It felt I know I, I feel like we have to keep tabs on that story, but honestly, I don't even... I, I don't care about it, which I'm pretty sure I've made that pretty clear through these past several episodes. Uh, I kind of felt like they just could have put those two, three pages of S.H.I.E.L.D. Together. Yeah, yeah. The pacing was a little awkward. I get that they were trying to, I guess, do like a real-time Kind thing, of, I guess. But yeah, they just should have stuck all those pages together. And yeah. quite honestly, those three pages could have been put together in the beginning of the next book. I don't know what's going to happen in the next book, but I yeah. just kind of feel I'm like... made into one page. <laughs> yeah. Let's edit I it down, I could have used an extra page of Wolverine fighting ninjas or even getting his butt whooped by Sabretooth. But um, yeah, I thought the art was really good. I actually quite enjoyed this issue. So, what did you think? Eh. Yeah. Not, not digging it? Well, I mean, it's what I want. We're getting a Sabretooth... Wolverine matchup and I think the more I think about it I think obviously Cornell has this thing he wants to do with Wolverine I think this is kind of his take on what his ultimate Wolverine versus Sabretooth story would be like it's all kind of been leading up to this yeah I like that I guess I don't know I kind of feel like it's sort of the whole path has been somewhat predictable a little bit yeah and so I guess that's the part that kind of makes it's me... It's kind of like Japan's Most Wanted, where we knew, almost like a video game, like little boss, little boss, little boss, big boss. Right. So, but yeah, that's kind of how comics go a lot, so I'm not too worried about that. I do think it was cool that Sabretooth talks about how he has some point to make. I don't know what that is yet, but I like... I've said this a lot recently, too, but I like a deeper, smarter Sabretooth. Well, yeah. Because honestly, like the Sabretooth from a few years ago, like, he just would have lashed out at Wolverine and without a healing factor, since, he, since Sabretooth still has one, he would have killed Wolverine pretty quickly. I like, just cut his throat and been done with it. Yeah, but I think a good nemesis for Wolverine is someone who is intelligent. Yes. Like, he's physically a match, but he's right. also has something up his sleeve. Right. Something that keeps Wolverine guessing. Right. Instead of just, well, he's an animal. All right. Well, um, I'm actually looking forward to this final showdown, this last issue of this series. Yay, the last issue. You're being sarcastic, but I'm actually pretty excited about it. Oh, I'm excited about it, too. I'm excited that it's ending. <laughs> All right. Oh, so all right. So, what are you gonna grade Wolverine number twelve? And just so you know, I am going to completely bitch at the end if they don't answer any of my questions from the beginning. Okay. All right. So, what do you grade Wolverine number twelve? I'm only gonna give it four out of six. Four out of six. Okay. I'm gonna give it five out of six claws. 
right, well, let's move on. Okay, so next up we have Wolverine and the X-Men, number 39. Ooh, 39. Can we make really <laughs> bad jokes about that? No. It doesn't mean anything. You can turn a three into a... Eight? <laughs> well, technically there is a... Um... So you're doing something dirty with the snowman. <laughs> Shame on you. I'm sorry. Are you eating Frosty's carrot? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe his buttons. <laughs> Gross. All right. Anyway, this is written, <laughs> written by Jason Aaron with... Art again by Pepe Larez. Pepe. Or Larez, I don't know. But I like his name is Pepe. Pepe. I have no right to enjoy his name as much as I do. <laughs> All right, the colors are by Matt Mia and Pete Pentazis. Pentazis? I don't know how you say that, but you did a good job. So. Yeah, you did a good job. Yeah. Right. Better than I would have. <laughs> no, he did a good job. Oh. I did not do that good of a job. Okay. I did my best. I gave it you my did best a shot. Good, yeah, you did a better pronunciation than I would have. I put my best foot forward. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, uh, the letters are by VCs, Quentin Cowles, and the cover is by Nick Bradshaw and Lauren Martin, and this cover is amazing. We have Citywide Destruction and Sentinels by Bradshaw. They look awesome. And then Wolverine and Cyclops at each other's throat. Looks awesome. I love this cover. I had to say it took me a while to figure out that was Cyclops. It looked like Rainbow Loom bands. <laughs> That's because his power is on the fritz. It's a little wonky. His optic blast is a little bit out of control. And why is it a little bit wonky? Because of AVX when he became, the, after the Phoenix kind of got exercised from his body, it messed up his powers. Someone sprinkled holy water on his thing. No, no, Hope came and, and gathered up the phoenix, and it left him. Oh, okay. And his powers are broken. So him and Wolverine are kind of down the same path. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So remember last time, uh, Agent Dazzler, a.k.a. Mystique, uh, sent both X-Men schools on the trail of the S.H.I.E.L.D. Sentinel storage facility. I like this sign, a warning, restricted area, no trespassing beyond this point. Violators will be shot or worse. (laughs) And that was kind of funny. So anyway, Wolverine's trying to break into the base without hurting people because he knows these guards are just doing their job. They're just foot soldiers. Right. Then on the second page, we get a nice double snicked. Snick, snick. Yep. Wolverine's... He's looking for the Sentinels, but what he finds is Cyclops. I love their banter back and forth. Yes, it's really good in this issue. Jason it Aaron is. does a fantastic job. And I gotta say, I'm really digging this uh, Pepe's art. I like it quite a bit. It's nice. I like how Cyclops is like, hello, Logan. And Wolverine just growls. <laughs> no, I like the, uh, we could talk about the fact that we have common ground, go to hell. <laughs> right. Basically, Wolverine says, "Get out of here, Summers, and I won't. I won't worry about you. I got other things, bigger fish to fry, I guess." When Wolverine says, "All right, well, we're stuck in this together, but this isn't over. It's to be continued." I didn't like that line. Oh, I feel like that's overused. It's not possible. Okay, it's just to be continued. <laughs> right. Then we get an awesome full-page splash of the Sentinels attacking Wolverine and Cyclops, and the Cyclops. Trying to shoot them with an optic blast and Wolverine jumping out of Sentinel. What do you think of this page? I like it. I like how uh, 
Wolverine's just no holds bar, even though uh, yeah, even though he's, he has uh, no healing factor. All right, he can get shot to hell, and well, and he's already shot. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But Cyclops kind of calls him out on that later too. Yeah. Like, hey, why are you why are you being so gung ho when you can die now, dumbass? So then we get some more interaction with the students. They're super excited about their homework. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, I really like what Jason Aaron is doing. Actually, when we get to the conclusion, I'll talk about it. I felt like this, well, I'll just say it now. This book was good, Jason Aaron, where he kind of balances, like, just great comic book with humor. Right. Without one overpowering the other. The kids, I still feel like the kids, the humor tries a little hard for me, personally. Well, but we're also adults. You remember when yeah. you were a kid and, snow day! True. I, I think it's weird that uh, Idy's helmet has room for her fro. No, I thought that was awesome. I thought it was weird they just happened to have on hand a... Uh, Three-headed a, a, helmet? Yeah, for Try Joey. I do think I like his name. I like how there's a turtle guy in a suit, like, getting his homework knocked out of his hand. He's like, damn it! <laughs> so Try Joey gets accosted by his partner Squid Face. Remember, they're supposed to be undercover for S.H.I.E.L.D., I think Try Joey's having a little too much fun. I think he's starting to realize that these kids are, even though they're, they're mutants, they're still like other kids. Yes. They still love and to do things. And, and this is like the best school on earth. Right. We get confirmed, what I was pretty sure of, that these guys are having their powers by injecting mutant growth hormone. So Squid Girl has... Um, They're regular people. They just got powers like injected into them. Kind of like steroids, but... Yeah, but you'd sense. think that if you could pick your power, would you really pick that your face is a squid? I'm not sure they got to pick. What? So they're like, hey, it's a vending machine. Put in 50 cents and <laughs> yeah. you get red X. Yeah, I'm not sure. And, um, drink for five hours of yeah. mutant powers. So anyway, uh, try Joey. Uh gives it a rundown of all the students and kind of a report on them. I like that Kid Gladiator is sweeping with an alien stuffed animal sucking his thumb. And we find out that Brew is still feeding his wild side by eating deers in the forest at night. And Shark Girl squeaks into the bathtub. So they decide they're going to go contact S.H.I.E.L.D. and figure out if they can go ahead and take care of the X-Men. We can go back to the underground bunker and Scott and Wolverine jab at each other about how neither of their powers really work. They're both kind of broken. Hmm. Let's see. They both run their own schools. Both their powers are broken. Pretty sure they're both hiding it from most of their teammates and at least all the students. Uh-huh. Yeah. They're Twinkies. Yeah. And that bothers me. Why? Why? I don't know. I, think kind I of don't puts put them on the same. Yeah, but I don't field. put Wolverine and Cyclops on the same playing field. I still I think Cyclops the... is a weenie. <laughs> he's not a weenie. He's a total weenie. No, he's not. He, he's kind of a jerk, but he's not a weenie. He's a weenie. Okay. Compared to Wolverine, he's even Wolverine are like the two top dogs in the X Men universe. So. In whose universe? The X Men universe. Not in my universe. Well, okay. Right. I do how they call each other a liability. I do how Cyclops says, you're not healing. Wolverine's like, was it the gushing blood that tipped you off? Yeah. And actually, when we take time, Wolverine bandages himself back up. Wolverine gives a good line about kind of his philosophy, because Cyclops makes fun of him being a school teacher now, like with his sordid past. Right. 
Wolverine basically says, let them hate. Let them kill me if they can. It ain't about my future I'm worried about. It never was. I like that line. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. And it gives a lot of insight to Wolverine. So anyway, both our broken heroes go after the Sentinels some more. And we see um, the ex-students walk in on the two undercover students. Trying to destroy the school and contact S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, and Squid, Squid Face Girl's like, oh, screw it, let's just kill him now. I don't care what S.H.I.E.L.D. says. <laughs> so I thought that was a nice little uh, cliff, cliffhanger confrontation at the end there. So yeah, what do you think of this book? So I, okay, I have a handful of questions because my okay. X-Men knowledge is limited. Yeah, So but, who has, but growing. But growing. So who has I.D. killed? Um... Because when they're going over their Didn't she kill some people fears. in the Hellfire Club saga? I didn't think so. I could be wrong. I don't know. I thought it was during the Hellfire Club saga, but I could be wrong. My memory is escaping me. Because it's saying, because in it, it talks about, Try Joey says she's, or, or Squid Girl says she's murdered humans. And I kind of had a huh moment. Because everything else, Squid This is Girl, where I miss editor's notes with the little asterisks and see issue, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because Squid Girl does say other stuff that's true. It's just the way she says it and omits the rest makes it seem worse. And she, I think it's right that she's killed someone before. I just can't recall the exact occasion. Hey, what else? What other questions did you have? I think that was it. Okay. So I won't lie. Love this issue. Thought the story was, like I said, a good balance between Aaron's humor and action. Um, I love the intrigue. I like the subplot of the students. Uh, yeah. The homework scene got on my nerves a little bit, but I kind of let that slide because I like like the undercover mutants and they're really humans with mutant growth hormone. And well, one kid is like, I kind of want to be an X Man now. And the other one's like, No, we got to kill them all. Like, well, I do. Okay, I know you don't like it, but I do think. So, yes, I'll agree with you that the danger room is way overplayed. However, I think this was a fun way of showing, like, this is what the kids do on their daily, like, school routine. Right. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't a real, like, detractor to me. It just maybe wasn't my favorite pages of the issue. Yeah, but I guess I kind of looked at it. I put it in, in my own sort of little scenario. When you'd walk into class and there'd be a TV in the classroom and you were like, ooh, are we going to watch a movie? <laughs> right. For the whole time, how's this going to work? So I kind of felt like they were having the same thing. Like, is it movie day? Is it, you know, visit all these exotic places day, take a nap day? Fair enough. All right, I'll get off my soapbox. About no, no, you, you liked it more than me. That's perfectly acceptable. It better be. <laughs> anyway, all right, but yeah, I, I did enjoy this issue quite a bit. want to see where it goes. I like the way Aaron's handling the characters. Um, So some news. You know, issue 42 is the last issue, but it's going to get rebooted. And originally kind of held off announcing that, so I wasn't sure if it was. But uh, Jason Latour, who did the uh, actual um, scripting for Japan's Most Wanted, right. will be writing the new book. Oh, okay. I don't remember who the artist was. I'm sorry. I forgot. But it's all out on the internet if you want to look for it. But yeah, but it's going to be focused almost exclusively on the kids. I think Wolverine will kind of be more of a background character, which I thought they can maybe go with a title change. But I, I guess they felt like this title had some some sell value, so they decided to keep it on there. Or maybe but it's I going think, off uh, of your Quint theory. What? Well, if you're going to kill off Wolverine, put him in the background. Yes. No, and I hope they do. Um, the book's going to focus, I think they said mostly on Quentin Quire and Idy and Evan. are going to kind of be like the three main focuses. And Evan? Then 
uh, Kid Apocalypse. Is he the eyeball guy? No, no, that's Eye Eye Boy. Oh, no, he's uh, he's in the suit on that last page in the background. He's the junior clone of Apocalypse. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's done a whole whole lot since you started reading, but he was very important earlier. Oh, okay. So I like Quentin. Yeah, I do too. He's he's probably my favorite new X-Men that's been developed probably in the last 10 years. It's hard to make new mutants <laughs> that stick. Usually a writer will make up somebody and they'll write him. And then once that writer leaves, the new writer will be like, eh, no thanks. I uh, See, I think it would be interesting to have Quentin in a movie. I agree. All right, so anyway, what are you going to rate Wolverine in the X-Men number 39? I'm going to give it five out of six. Okay, and I'm going to give it six out of six claws. Okay. So that's that. Let's move on. Okay, so next up we have Amazing X-Men number two. This, of course, is The Quest for Nightcrawler, part two of five. Written by Jason Aaron. Penciled by Ed McGinnis. Eat by Dexter Vines. Colors by Marte Gracia. Letters by VCs Corey Pennant. Woohoo, VCs Corey Pennant. And the cover by McGinnis, Vines, and Gracia. And on the cover, we have two scenes divided by Nightcrawler's tail. On one side of this tail, we have Wolverine and Northstar in heaven. And on the other side, we have Storm, Firestar, and Iceman in hell. This cover reminded me of uh, the classic, you know, angel and devil on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah, it kind of did. But that was a pretty good cover. All right, remember, um, Azazel is raiding heaven. To steal souls. Yeah, he he's not waiting for people to die. Well. No, people are dead. People They're are dead. Heaven. Yeah, he's just, instead of trying to make deals on earth, I guess he just decided to go straight to heaven. and Right, just, just steal them. Yeah. Okay, and Nightcrawler's going to try to stop him. And to do that, he has brought the X-Men, or the Bamps have brought the X-Men. Bamp, Bamp. To heaven. Last issue, and this issue, we see the other half of the team went to hell. Uh-oh. That Storm, Iceman, and Firestar. I did think it was cool that Storm can't use her powers because there's no weather in hell. Yeah, I did find that interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a nice touch. Of course, Iceman's, like, um, melting. And I'm surprised Firestar didn't say she was at home. <laughs> right. Or felt like she was at home. Yeah. Or that her po- powers were enhanced. Right. So we see uh, Iceman very cleverly putting his hand so we don't have a gratuitous ass shot of Firestar. And then um, all the demons start attacking. I like how Firestar says that she's been an X-Man for less than a day and I'm already in hell. Are you talking about his hand covering up her butt? You can still see through his hand. Oh, I just thought that was drip marks. No, that's her ass. (laughs) Sweet. I do like how they made Iceman very transparent. That was interesting. I think you see it better on the iPad than you do the paper comic. So I'm not... I'm a McGinnis fan. I'm not sure about his storm. Particularly this panel right here. Something... She looks almost... I don't know. She looks off. Yeah, not quite right. I like how Iceman is just continually, like, losing his shape. (laughs) He says, my eye just melted shut. So they're fighting the demons, but then a pirate ship shows up, and the X-Men are like, oh, who do we fight? But then the demons start fighting each other. I love Storm's answer, which is we fight for ourselves. 
Yeah, basically, you're in hell. Fight them all. <laughs> so basically, there's demons that work for Azazel, and demons that don't, and they're fighting each other, and the X-Men get caught in the middle. Now, I do think, even though her face looks kind of weird, I love that Storm is able to kick ass without her powers. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I don't like how big her boobs are. They're not that big. I'm going on the record. Okay. They're about to pop out. I've seen bigger. Well, yeah. (laughs) I just want to go on the record and say that, FYI, any girl who works out, which I'm sure all the X-Men work out, she's not going to have that big of a boobs. Just saying. Yeah. Unless she fills them up with lightning. I'm getting Ooh, lightning my... moves. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. All right. So then we go elsewhere in the afterlife, and we see the ship that Wolverine and Northstar found. And there's a little gremlin pirate. I do. I think the cannon looks really cool. It it's got cool. almost like horns or fins on it. Uh-huh. And they light the fuse with Northstar. I like how also Northstar is just like a big, like, white and blue, like, Line. Yeah. Beam, because he's so fast. And he spins the cannon around and it shoots back towards the ship. Then he takes out a bunch of pirates. But then there's a pirate, Captain Jack. Hmm. Sparrow? Actually, I don't think so. I think he's Jack the Ripper. Oh. Because he talks about the ladies of Whitechapel. And then he only ever needed knives. So then he uh, opens up his trench coat and flashes North Star. So I didn't catch that the first time I read it. Oh, yeah. So he, he in the sight of his uh, luminescent green junk, makes North Star <laughs> pass out. Well, if you had green junk, I think I'd pass out. Maybe. Or it might be huge. That's why he passed out. Yeah, possible. And that is how North Star swings. So. Uh, uh oh. <laughs> So he may have been, oh, that's the biggest I've ever seen. <laughs> Passed out. All right. That's the biggest switchblade. Switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then Wolverine rescues an angel. With really big boobs. Well, she's running. <laughs> I Here see she's like the not in- running. I see like the intro. Yeah, she is. She's running away from this. Oh. <laughs> I see like the intro of Baywatch in this scene right here. It does. And then Wolverine gets captured with a net and bamped onto the ship where he cuts through the net and he wanted to be on the ship. But now he fights uh, the ghost of Jack the Ripper, who looks really cool, by the way, I think. Yeah, considering we don't know what Jack the Ripper looks like. Right, but he's kind of got like black fur on his face. He's got this green hole in his chest, then a green mouth that shoots gas. I do like the line. Um, yes, North Star has a brilliant line here. Oh, where did it go? Oh, yeah. So Wolverine's did... confronting uh, Jack, Captain Jack the Ripper. And he says, oh, yeah, did you meet this guy yet? Sergeant Stinky, meet Captain Stabby Pants. Oh, Sergeant Snicked. Oh, Snicked. Sorry. Meet Captain Stabby Pants. Then uh, he says something about working for Azazel, and Wolverine's like, Azazel? And so they fight. That's a pretty cool fight scene. You know, some, some blades and some more blades. And then Wolverine gets kind of pushed out onto the plank. And Captain Jack talks about the blue elf. And Wolverine's like, what do you know? Captain Jack says, I know he's dead and gone. 
And now, my sweet little Mary, so are you. Then we go back to hell. Iceman is still melting. Storm gets dogpiled by some demons, but then she busts out. She hits a demon in the face with the um, mace. Mm-hmm. And his eyeball pops out. And his eyeball says, ow. <laughs> oh, that was funny. We are in hell. <laughs> yes, we are in hell. And then she gets caught with the net and bamped back onto the pirate ship where she meets Captain Kidd. Billy, Billy the Kid. Kid. I did think it was interesting that his uh, demon form, you know, he was known for shooting a six gun. Yeah, and he has with six, six arms. Guns. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And he's got the little white red uh, outlaw mask over his face. But then he says, regulators, move out. <laughs> Which just made me think of a Warren G. A what? Warren G. That song, Regulator. Okay. So then Iceman makes an ice hulk. I like how a demon bites out of his hand like he's a snow cone. And that was really funny. Well, so Iceman's gotten bigger. Yes. He was melting before. I guess he's... Uh, now he's know. tripled in size. Yeah, I don't know. And then Wolverine's barely hanging on to the plank and he hears a voice saying, whatever happens, don't let go. You need to find out where you are, blah, blah, blah. Then Iceman, we go back to hell, literally freezes hell over. Now, why didn't he do this in the first place? I guess it didn't occur to him. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> or maybe he just had to get that mad. Or maybe he knew it was going to make him collapse because he promptly uh, passes out. And Firestar's all worried. Oh, yes. No. Yes, she is. I like how she can see her breath. That was yeah. interesting. And I thought in this scene where you see all the demons around the ice crater, uh-huh. in the foreground, there's that chain that's frozen, mm-hmm. which looks just like our backyard right now. It does. <laughs> but I thought that was really cool. The color work on that was really cool. Yeah, it is. All right, so we see the boat sailing away into hell with storm captured. And I like this panel of Wolverine's uh, face in the shadow as we go back to heaven and Wolverine's fighting Captain Jack still. We realize that the voice inside his head is Professor X. Uh-oh. That's where Wolverine says, but you're dead. And Nightcrawler's dead. We're in heaven? And Professor X is like, you're in heaven, Logan. A place you never thought you'd see. So there is one thing on this panel that I... Okay, I get what they're trying to infer, but I kind of wish they would have just done away with it. What's that? So you see the little green, like, mouth with the eye? Yes. So that's Jack. Yes. So they're inferring, like, Jack is behind Wolverine? No, I mean, Wolverine's, I think, turning back. He's looking for the voice. Right, and that's... So that's his shoulder. That's his left shoulder. So he's turning this way. Right. So the green is his mouth, Jack's yeah, so mouth. in front of him. Right. So they're implying right. that Jack is in front of him yes. without drawing the whole thing. Yes. Yeah, I wish they just would have omitted that. Oh, I thought it was kind of cool. It looks like weird grass. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, Professor X. What, do you think this is really Professor X? Yeah. I think it probably is. And, of course, I called it that he'd show up in this story somewhere. Did you? Yeah, remember? Vaguely. You can go back and listen. 
Yes. It's on it's on the internet, the proof. It's on the interwebs. That's right. So anyway, uh Captain Jack knocks Wolverine off the plank. Which is what he was not supposed to do. Yep. It was North Star flies after him. There was seen Nightcrawler with two vamps watching now, now he's ended up in hell somehow. And I guess oh, when he yeah. said he jumped out of heaven, he didn't jump down to earth. He jumped all the way down to hell. Because he's watching the ship sail off with Storm. And he's going to go try to help. And he's got little frozen breath. Yes. Because Bobby just froze hell. All right. So what do you think of that? I thought the art and the color were really good. I thought there were some good one-liners. There were lots of good one-liners. Yeah. What do you think of the... Um, the dead murderers as Azazel's captains. I found that intriguing. I thought it was pretty cool. I thought it was interesting because at least the two we saw in this book, and maybe the only two, I don't know. They were both like villains, but villains that have been romanticized. Yes. Yeah, you know, like Jack the Ripper and Billy Kidd are both bad guys. But they're both kind of like, oh, they're fun bad guys. Like, well, Jack- just over time, there's been kind of an obsession with these characters. And, and Jack the Ripper was a horrible dude, but a lot of people, I, I don't I want to say anybody looks up to him, but he's a very interesting character in, in history. Well, nobody knows who he is. Right. And that's what makes him even more intriguing. Anyway, kind of my point was, like, we're not just seeing pure evil guys. We're seeing guys that fit, like, Azazel's type. Right. So they're evil, but they're still adventurous. Right. Like it's not like Captain Hitler and Captain... Mussolini. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Billy the Kid and Jack the Ripper who have been romanticized through literature and movies and stuff like that. So I thought that was interesting. Not that he had really bad dudes for his captains, but the kind of bad dudes he had. Right. Yeah. So any, anything else that kind of caught your fancy there? No. The pirates are starting to get a little old. I'm They're sorry. They're old for you I'm, last time. I know. They'll probably still be old next right. time. Because you hate Nightcrawler. I don't hate Nightcrawler. <laughs> you heard it here first. Okay, here's my issue with the pirate thing. I know, you think people do it too much. Well, I think they do it too much. Plus, every time I look at this, I can see bits and pieces of Pirates of the Caribbean being lifted. And I guess if you're going to do something so iconic that's been done in the past, to come up with something different. Okay. Just my artistic two cents. I like it just fine. Yes. All right. I did think, I don't know, maybe just the excitement wore off from number one. I wasn't quite as like, yeah, about this one. Like, I thought it was really good. You were excited when it came into the house. I was, and then I read it, and it was good. I'm going to call it. There's going to be a love spinoff. You know, Firestar and Iceman? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely, yeah. At least Firestar wants there to be. Well, I think this whole put them in peril and she saves him right. is going to spin a set of emotions. It's kind of a cliche. Yeah. You know, the fire and ice thing, but whatever. Well, but... And they do have an animated history together. I was going to say, <laughs> they did it in the cartoon. They did it? No. They put them together as a That was a kid's a cartoon. Yes. <laughs> They put them together as a couple. Spider-Man spins a little curtain and like, get a room, guys. I think Spider-Man spun a sex swing. A sex swing? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask me if Spider-Man made spider condoms. No, but do you think Spidey would be like, oh, we need a swing? 
<laughs> I don't know. I, I've never heard of a sex swing before. You don't know what a sex swing is? When the the microphones go off, I'll, I'll tell you about it. We got to keep our podcast respectable. It's exercise. <laughs> it's exercise. I thought this was pretty fun. thought the fighting was good. Didn't have quite the same excitement level for me as number one, but... But I think also that because Nightcrawler only showed up in the end. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, so what'd you give Amazing X-Men number two? I only gave it four out of six. Four out of six? Okay. I'm trying to decide if I want to do four or five. I thought the whole, like, half the team in hell, half the team in heaven was interesting. I get really tired really quick of comic book heaven and hell. Um, so that... Because you're a theologian? <laughs> Partially. But also, it's always really silly and kind of cheesy. And comic book demons are always lame. Well, um, okay, so as... <laughs> well, I just want to throw this out here. Here's the part I have issues with, with demons pouncing into heaven. Don't you think God would, you know, like... Well, yes, obviously in the biblical heaven that couldn't happen. But this is Marvel Universe, so it's different rules. Anyway, I'm going to give it a five out of six claws. I like, like the mini odyssey we have with half the team in heaven and half the team in hell. And Nightcrawler's got... He, he kind of... Right, so that part was confusing, though, because I don't remember anything in, in issue one of him acting like he brought them there. But this issue seems to indicate that he, like, called them. But if he said... I know he he doesn't have red vamps, and both vamps came through the gate to get the X-Men. You know, the only thing I can think of, the whole, like, instead of issue one being at the same time, like, all of Nightcrawler stuff really happened before all the X-Men stuff, and the vamp he captured at the end, he somehow used that. But I don't know. Anyway, this issue definitely... At least he feels responsible. Or maybe that's... Have I brought the X-Men here just for them to perish? I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure some of that will probably be explained in future issues. But for now... Or not. Denise is going to give Amazing X-Men number two four out of six claws. And I'm going to give it five out of six claws. Okay, next up we have Uncanny Avengers number 15. Which continues our... Super long Ragnarok now epic with the Apocalypse Twins for some uh, latest kind of chapter where they're bringing all the mutants on what their giant ship they call the Ark. They're going to go start their own mutant planet and destroy the Earth. That's their, their evil genius plan. Alright, so this part is of course by Rick Remender and Steve McMillan and it's titled Rapture. The inkers are John Dell, Dexter Vines, and Jane Easton. The colors are by Laura Martin. Lucy's Quentin Cowles is a renderer. And then McNiven and Justin Fonsword in the cover. And the cover is pretty sweet. It's like a super battered Captain America. He's got a shield and you see a reflection of the Apocalypse Twins. He's putting his teeth and his uniforms all tore up and there's shards of glass sticking out of his body and stuff. Pretty awesome cover. I like the part of it. Alright, so uh, we start off on the Apocalypse Arc. And Captain America and Havoc are going to go try to beat the Apocalypse Twins. And of course, Scarlet Witch, in her death, completed her spell. And Havoc gets teleported to the... I guess being on the Ark is not... 
enough. There's actually, there's specifically teleporting to like the central room, I guess, or whatever. Of course, remember, Scarlet Witch's spell was to call all the mutants on Earth to the Ark. That's kind of like a rapture, hence the name of, of this chapter. Of course, Captain America had been rendered temporarily deaf by a banshee, but I guess he's hearing that. <laughs> Alright, so we see uh, Wolverine fighting the Reaper and docking, but he's not doing so hot. We see Rogue's charred skeletal remains. Basically, Reaper taunts Wolverine and says that um, mutants couldn't be unified. This is Wolverine and Cyclops' fault for dispersing the mutants, and the Rogue you know, it led to Professor X's death, which made Rogue angry, Rogue angry enough to uh, try to kill Scarlet. Which, I don't know about that. Uh, I complained last issue, my only complaint was Rogue, and I like, I kind of came up with my own no pride explanation, and I like it better than this one. Uh, because I said that when she took over Wolverine's power, she took over some of his personality and had a little reserve for her. And that's why she killed Scarlet Witch. This one they're saying she was just so pissed that Professor X was dead that she killed Scarlet Witch, but Cyclops killed Professor X, first of all. And second of all, she's been around a long time. And Professor X has died a couple of times in her tenure. <laughs> and she hadn't gone off the deep end before based on that. So I like my idea better. But the official explanation is that she was just super pissed about Professor X. Alright, so we see mutants all over the planet being teleported in, back to the Ark, we see the Uncanny X-Men at the New Xavier School, we see Cable, we see Sabretooth and Mystique and Madripoor, we see the mutants that are on the Avengers from Avengers Tower, the Jean Grey School, the Uncanny X-Force team in LA, and Wolverine and Doc and themselves. Of course, the Apocalypse Twins talk about how they knew Scarlet Witch would try to betray them, and so somehow they tricked her spell or used her spell anyway that once the mutants were on board it was easy to gather them. I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> but uh, I guess that's what we're uh, being led to, to think here. Seems they would put up more of a fight like Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man thought, but I guess not. Alright, so then uh, Wasp is getting a butt kicked by the sentry. She's trying to destroy the, tach the Tachyon, yeah, the Tachyon Dam. So that Kane can break through the time stream and bring his, yes, basically team of time bandits and he's gathered all across different timelines and parallel universes to come fight the Apocalypse Twins. But right when Janet is about to destroy the, uh, the micro, it's not the microverse, like from Wolverine, but it's, they shrunk everything down, the Apocalypse Twins did somehow. Right, is about Wasp, is about to destroy it, the ship comes back to full size and he's teleports away. So Wasp is like, damn it! <laughs> and then Sentry continues to kick her butt, but Thor comes back. And we do get a really cool visual where Sentry uh, takes a Wasp blast to the face and he kind of burns off part of it. He basically rips his skin off and he just has a brain with eyes attached to a spine. It's very creepy looking. Uh, it looks a little bit like Mars Attacks. But, um, but it, uh, and the design is very creepy, very chilling. So Thor also kind of gets his butt handed to him by Sentry, and somehow Wasp is able to communicate with a giant sandworm from Tremors, and it smashes the Sentry, and they decide that they're going to go get the Apocalypse Twins. Captain America, remember his uh, plan based on 
uh, changes and biases to split the twins up, and that'll be the key to defeating them. But the twins know you see him coming, and then pretty much take him out and hold him to watch the Earth as um, a giant eternal executioner shows up. I think his name is, um, what does it say here? Exitar the Executioner. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the Apocalypse twins are quoting the, uh, the story of Noah from the Bible to Captain America. Basically says, this ship is the Ark, and the Earth is going to be destroyed by the eternal executioner. Thor and Wasp go to see the Watcher, and he points to the Earth. It says the fate is decided, and it is somewhat cool, but also really cheesy, last full page spread. to see the executioner standing by the earth, and he gives it a big thumbs down, deciding its fate. And I know it's kind of a harken back to like, uh, was it, is it Greek or Roman time when the emperors were like, thumbs up or thumbs down, he was going to live or die. So I guess it kind of fits the Eternals, but it's also kind of silly. So it kind of ends on a little bit of a silly note. I don't think um, it had quite the uh, serious impact on me that Remender was hoping to achieve. Anyway, I thought the art was really good. Uh, Wolverine was kind of barely in it, but um, it was a really good story. But just, this book is just consistently pretty awesome. I'm going to give Uncanny Avengers number 15, even a very strong 5 out of 6 squads. It's just really good, and I kind of can't wait the next issue so cool all right well let's move on okay so next up we have marvel marvel knights x-men two of five haunted part two of five scooby-doo story and art by bram revel colors by christian peter vc's joe sabino is the letterer and producer again and the cover this time is by revel and peter so they got that right <laughs> they found their mistake. Yeah. So we have kind of the same cover as last time as far as like the bottom two thirds is just the logo and the trim and title and stuff. And the top third is Wolverine. We see his hand like grabbing a mirror. And in the mirror is Sabretooth giving Wolverine a noogie. <laughs> All right. So remember they went to an old country town to investigate some mutant murders. They found a cabin in the woods that was all creepy, and there Wolverine finds Sabretooth. So Wolverine fights Sabretooth, then he sees Silver Fox again, but then she's gone. Rogue comes in, punches Sabretooth out, and Wolverine fights a bunch of Hellfire Club guards while Rogue fights Mystique, Blob, and Pyro. And Wolverine says that they all smell real, they feel real, but something tells me you're not. So then Kitty runs in. In the background, we see Sauron and Avalanche. And then Wolverine finds a kid. And the kid has a gun. And the kid threatens to shoot Wolverine. Then the kid does shoot Wolverine. And of course, this is pre-killable, so Wolverine still has his healing factor. Then the other mutant they found in the town last time comes in. And out of a hole in the ground comes a mutant that got murdered. Uh-oh. And the girl gets scared, and then she cuts her arm, and everything disappears. So we find out this girl's power is to make memories tangible. Corporeal. Yes. So we get an aside where the sheriff went to the bar where Wolverine and roughed some people up, or the X-Men, and roughed some people up. We find out that the sheriff is trading these crazy drugs for guns. For some sect up in the hills that's stocking up 
because they're, or they're militia. off the grid. Yes, and they want to be left alone. Isolationists. Yep. So Wolverine wants to get the new kid to come with the other kid. They're going to protect the mutants. And then we can get a scene where her mom, I guess, was trying to give her dad dinner, but her old self as a stripper kept coming in from the girl's powers. And then the mom fought her old stripper self, but she couldn't handle the old mem- the memories like being in real life, so she hung herself. Then her dad kept having the memory of her mom hanging herself over and over again, so he skedaddled out of town. And then we see the mutant getting shot in the head, and Wolverine assumes, since this girl is seeing her memory, that she must have been the one that shot him. Actually, no. I have a theory. Okay, but Wolverine is assuming, right? I I think this girl is putting the thought in his head. See how her eyes turn blue and her speech bubble turns blue? And Where? she says... Oh, oh you're right. I think you're absolutely you're right. So that's why he goes all crazy, too. Yes. Because she's making him. And I think, because this girl's, this girl's power is to make memories corporeal, that we're seeing this girl's memories, the one who likes to get all psychedelic. We're seeing her memories. Okay. Because when the, the guy first appears in the, towards the beginning, she literally has this look like, who the hell are you? Okay. Like, even here, she has this look like, I, I don't know who you are. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Rogue has to restrain Wolverine. Then we go back to the guy that had the shaving accident. Um, he's popping pills, too. Typical dealer, using his own merch. Yeah. Then we go to a burger place. <laughs> the X-Men have essentially kidnapped the second girl. And really kind of the first girl, too. Yeah. So they're, they're kidnapping these mutants to protect them. But then they start using their powers on each other, basically. The girl, Crystal, gives... What's the new girl's name? Darla. Darla. One of the dr- some of the drugs. So she goes nuts and psychedelic. And then while she's going nuts and psychedelic, right, her powers amp up and everybody's getting, like, super memories. Like, some kid sees his... Or not kid. A guy sees his dead dog. A lady gets mad at her boyfriend because her ex showed up and started making out with him immediately. So she's like, you're going to make out with your ex? I'm out of here. And then Crystal gets visited by the bad dude and says, this is the last time you'll ever have to do this. That's kind of ominous. Yeah. And then Rogue and Kitty see Sentinels. And Sentinels look really cool, by the way. They do look kind of cool. So I thought the art was very interesting and pretty good. It reminds me of Scooby Doo. I can't. I, I don't can't see it at all. Past that. I don't see it at all. I nothing about this looks like Scooby Doo to me. That's all I see. I think you're crazy. Maybe it's the colors. Maybe it's the way they're drawn. But that it's all I see is Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo is really queen. Some of the really old Scooby Doo's aren't. Yeah, they're pretty queen. Oh, I'm not looking at. Okay. Anyway, um, so what do you think of this one? I'm only gonna give it three out of three. Three out of six. Sorry, three out of six. Yeah, me too. Um, I just, I feel like... I thought it wasn't bad, but it wasn't that great either. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's got an interesting story, but there's nothing to hold me. Nothing's going to stick in my head on this one. It kind of went from having like an X-Files Twin Peaks vibe potential to having not really any vibe at all. (laughs) 
Like the, the different powers are kind of cool and the way they're affecting everybody, but I don't know. I'll have to see where it goes. So, I mean, yeah, I think three out of six is a perfect score. It's kind of right down the middle of the road. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just kind of a decent average comic book. I didn't really like the art, though. I thought the art was interesting. So, cool. All right. Are we moving on? We're moving on, yeah. Okay, so last up we have Where's Logan. Yeah, we're going to do a little bit of a cheat here. Um, all right. So Wolverine is on the last page of the Superior Spider-Man number 24. Now, I'll let you hang on that cheat for a minute. Alright, Superior Spider-Man 24, uh, written by Dan Slott and Christus Gage. So Slott is getting a little help on this one. Humberto Ramos does the pencils. Victor Alazaba does the inks. Delgado, Fabella, and Gandini does the colors. Sounds like Marvel right there. Chris Eliopoulos did the letter, and there's a variant cover I haven't seen yet by Stefano Caselli and Frank Martin. And this cover, I'm pretty sure, is by Ramos and Delgado. And it's a close-up of Venom's face, teeth, and tongue. It's a pretty good cover. Alright, so basically, Wolverine's just on the last page, but to get to the last page, Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man, which of course, hopefully you've been reading, because it's one of the best Spider-Man series in a while. Doc Ock took over Spider-Man's body, so it's Peter Parker, but it's Otto Octavius's mind. And he's been running around very arrogantly trying to do Spider-Man instead of Spider-Man doing And I would say in some ways it's a team, obviously he's not the nicest guy, so in some ways he's also failed. Anyway, he realized or had finally had a run-in with Venom Flash, and decided he could not let that continue. So he, uh, he wanted to give Venom his, some artificial legs. I'm sorry, Flash, because Venom as a suit was allowing him to walk. And the way he gets rid of the symbiote I thought was very clever. I've never seen this before, so kudos to Slot. Um, he basically, to prep for the surgery, put Flash in the MRI, and the sonic imaging kind of acted like, you know, the sonic guns that they used on Venom before. And the symbiote leave, but it's stronger than ever, and broke out of its containment and took over Spock. The superior Spider-Man, Octopus. And so we have Superior Venom. Alright, so now he's gonna go around proving that Venom can be controlled and a good guy. Find a bunch of crime. We have a really cool goblin understory that's going on. We have lots of drama with, uh, Peter slash Otto Spock's new girlfriend, Anna Maria. Aunt May was, um, taken aback when they met that she was a little person and kinda asked some innocent, but Possibly inappropriate questions, <laughs> and so she's up. Everybody's upset. Of course, Carly has figured out what's going on with Spider-Man. Is trying to figure out what to do about it, and she warned Mary Jane. But Carly got captured by the goblins and gets splashed with goblin formula. Mary Jane gets accosted by Spider-Man, and she asks him why he's been acting so weirdly. And then the venom suit pops out. So. I actually thought that was a really clever kind of twist because now Mary Jane, instead of maybe getting closer to the truth about why Peter has been acting so strange because there's somebody else in there, now she's just going to assume that he's been acting so weird because of Venom. So now it's kind of throw her off the trail of finding out what's really going on. I thought that was a pretty cool little twist. And basically Venom runs off and he's, uh, there's a cool line where he talks about being a lethal protector, which is a throwback to uh, the first Venom Venom series back in the 90s. Anyway, we get to Wolverine. Mary Jane uh, calls the Avengers and tells them that Spider-Man has been taken over by Venom and she needs their help. And we see uh, 
Wolverine, Thor, Captain America, Black Widow, and Spider-Woman. No, I don't worry. The Avengers will handle it. Alright, so that's that. Um, yeah, you should definitely be reading this book. Um, I'm gonna give, I'm assuming Wolverine will be more involved next issue as the Avengers will probably fight the Supreme Venom. And the storyline's been really good. There's a lot going on. It's very, uh, kind of classic, complicated comic book, but in a good way. There's lots of good subplots. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much a killer. I'm gonna give, Superior Spider-Man number 24, 5 out of 6 claws. Alright, now for the cheap. We have Deadpool 21. And uh, Wolverine's not in it, but Sabretooth is in a panel or two. So I thought I would just kind of catch this up real fast on that. So this is Deadpool vs. S.H.I.E.L.D. Part 1. It is written by Brian Persane and Gary Dugan. Mike Hawthorne will be the artist on this arc. Gordy Belair, the colorist. DC Josephino, the letterer. Mark Brooks for the cover. Now on the cover we have a shield helicarrier with a giant target on the landing pad. We have Deadpool flying off the shield flying sports car with a rocket launcher. Or <laughs> bazooka, And he's having a good old time. Pretty cool cover. I like Mark Brooks. Alright, so real simple gist. If you want some Deadpool info, go listen to the episodes where we talked about the good guy and the ugly, which actually had Wolverine in it. So basically Deadpool is miffed. But S.H.I.E.L.D. never paid him for killing the zombie, or taking care of the zombie president back in issue number one. I think it said three six, maybe. And of course, she still, he still has Agent Preston's mind trapped, cohabitating his body. And they're talking to Doctor Strange, trying to figure that out. They're going to try to make an L.M.D. that someone already did. That's a life model decoy from the S.H.I.E.L.D. movies. And this Agent Preston life model decoy is running around being bad. And there's a corrupt Agent Gorman who's directing her. And Gorman finds out that his agent adds it. He's helping Deadpool and Agent Preston. Went and talked to Gorman and said, hey, I need an LMD, but someone already made one. And Agent Gorman's like, Preston's still alive in Deadpool? Oh, we'll try to fix this. Yeah, yeah. And he's actually the corrupt agent. So he puts out a $10 million hit on Deadpool because he needs the Agent Preston's consciousness dead. So he can keep using his uh, LMD. And that's where we get our, our guys. We have, um, I think this is a conspirator, maybe? I'm not sure. Some purple guy. Oh no, it's the, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy from the Assassination Nation, Spider-Man storyline back in the Tom McFarlane days. I forget his name. We have some guy with a funny helmet and a stupid costume. We have Batroc the Leaper. And then we have Sabretooth. And he tells the Hand Ninjas, Austin Knight is canceling, boys. And he texts back on his saber. He has a saber tooth iPhone cover, so that's kind of funny. And he texts back, "We're in." LOL. That's kind of cheesy, but not as good as it. Then Crossbone is the first guy that sees Deadpool. He tries to take him out, and Deadpool takes him out. And then we realize that Agent Coulson is involved, and he sent Adsit to tell Gorman that Preston was still alive, because it's all a big sting operation. All right, that was a pretty good story. Um, art was pretty nice. We're going to give Deadpool 21, uh, 5 out of 6 claws. Very enjoyable. So I don't know if I will always track Sabretooth's appearances, but I thought it was interesting. I'm trying to keep you abreast. Um, also, I will not be doing all of X-23's appearances, but just a little bit of Wolverine news. She is going to join all new X-Men. So looking forward to seeing what Bendis does with her. People have been complaining a little bit that I guess she's coming in with amnesia. 
and just kind of wiping the slate in the Vineyard Arena. But I never actually read Vineyard Arena. Not even a little bit. Not even one page of one issue. So I can't say whether I think that's a good way to handle that or not. Anyway, uh, she is going to be in that book. Uh, it's a really good book, so you should be reading it. All right, well, that's going to do it for Where's Logan? Let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay, so that's going to wrap it up for episode 68 no. of the podcast that goes snick. I wanted 69. I had all these funny things to go with it. I'm sorry. Boo. Boo. Anyway, so surprise, surprise time. I hope you stuck it out to the end of the podcast like I suggested. I did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hopefully the listeners did as well. All right, so here's the game plan. My throat's starting to really hurt. If it doesn't hurt too bad, tomorrow we'll be recording the next flashback episode. Okay. Which will be the Dark Phoenix Saga Part 1. Well, that's not a surprise. I already knew about that. Yes. But on Christmas Eve day... Are you going to make me podcast on Christmas Eve? No, but we will between Christmas and New Year's. Oh, okay. I can handle that. Yeah. So, but on Christmas Eve day, Origin Part 2, number one, comes out. So, we will be covering that. That's kind of the only December book left. Um, I think Wolverine might be in Avengers also. It comes out. It's the other Marvel book that comes out that day. So if he is, we'll kind of give that a quick a quick cover, but we'll mostly focus on Origin 2. Other surprise, I hope to expand this over the years. We're going to do a limited version this time. We're going to do the first annual Wolvies. The what? The first annual Wolvie Awards. You do realize you need to run these things by me first. (laughs) (laughs) Not at all. The only thing I need for you is to make a picture of a little gold statue with his arms crossed and claws coming out of his hands. You don't have to really do that. You should see the face I'm making. (laughs) And what will these wolvies... All right, so here's the categories I know we're going to do. Okay. And we may, if I have time to do more research, we may add to this. I do hope to take better notes through 2014, so the 2014 Wolvies can be a big deal. And the 2013 ones will be a little bit smaller for our inaugural award ceremony. So not this year, but next year I can buy a sequin gown? Sure, if you want to. But it has to have skulls around the waist like Mystique. Oh, I think I can do that. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we're going to do, here's the categories I need people to nominate stuff for over the next couple of weeks. Okay. You can do that via Facebook, Twitter, or email. We'll talk about all that in a second, like we usually do. But um, we're for sure going to do best cover. Okay. So best cover of 2013 that had Wolverine on it. So that's a stipulation. It has to have Wolverine on it. Yes. Because these are the Wolvies, not the, the Marvelies. Well, no, I know, but like Japan's Most Wanted, Wolverine wasn't on every cover. We didn't really have covers for that, so that might be a little bit of a stretch. Then they did just announce they're doing a printed edition of that. I'd be interested to see what that looks like. Well, like Uncanny Avengers doesn't have Wolverine on it. Sometimes it does, but okay, not all but, the time. But that's what I'm trying to say. Yes, it's no, like, it's not a book that he's in. It's a cover featuring Wolverine. Okay. So what you thought was the best of 2013. Okay. okay. Also... And I'll, I'll help Denise out with some of the notes I've already taken so she can just kind of look. Okay. We're also this year going to do Best Snicked. Ooh, I already have mine. Okay, cool. So we'll debate over those and kind of argue. Categories I'm considering. Best co-host. <laughs> Best co- <laughs> There's only three people. So? Still want to beat them out. That's right. So also like creators might look at. So we might do like best writer, best artist, best inker, best colors, best letterer. How about 
the best. So you have the best snicked, right? Yes. How about we, the best snack? I don't remember like two all year, but oh, okay. no, we'll see. So if anybody wants to participate, I would love nominations from outside of myself because otherwise you're just going to get what I tell you. <laughs> and that's not near as much fun as if you volunteer the information. So you can do that. Well, first of all, let's just give our plugs and you can use whatever plug you want to get me the information. So leave an iTunes review. Uh, visit the website. That's snickcast.podbean.com. Our email is snickcast at yahoo.com. So you can email your nominations. Like the Facebook page and you can post on the page your nominations. Ooh. Or I will probably start a thread after I put this episode out. Also, Twitter at snickcast. You can definitely tweet. Put hashtag Wolvies. That's W-O-L-V-I-E-S. We really got to come up with a better name. No, no, we don't. Yeah, that we is do. the perfect name. No, we can have yes. the Snicks. We, are, we, we overuse Snick. I don't want to do the Snickities. The cows. I don't want to do the Snickities. So it's the Wolvies. That's, that's what it's going to be. The cows. The what? The cows. Like he wears a Moo? cow. Cow. Moo. Cow. Like, you know, he no, wears a cow. He has a cow, but that's too synonymous with Batman. It's the Wolvies. Live with it. No. Yes. No. So anyway, if anyone has another category they I'm would like to suggest. I'm firing you as my client. <laughs> then you can also make that suggestion and I will see uh, if I can get in that in the thing. Best co-host. We could. I'm a little um, hesitant to try to do like best issue. If someone wants to do like best story arc, we can maybe do that. Where does that fall into best co-host? There's a lot of issues to try to pick. And a lot of really good ones this year to try to pick like the best one. Okay, well, how about... The we could do best book. Thank you for cutting me off and sharing my idea. <laughs> I'm psychic. Yeah. yeah. That's right. what happens when you get married. Yep. You share thoughts. Uh-huh. So. All right, cool. Well, we're going to wrap this episode up. We will see you. Um, I'll probably get... The flashback out right around Christmas, and uh, we'll get our special Christmassy episode right after. Can I play Jingle Bells? If you really want to, but not with the dogs. On the, the recorder? Dogs. Sure. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, until next time, take care of yourselves. Hugs and snicks. Bye. Bye. Best co-host. <laughs>